Welcome to Vermont Vibes. <laughs> Did Eliza just fall, fall over? Yeah, she tripped on her headphones. <laughs> Tell Eliza that we're recording this. Don't worry, Eliza, it's the last week of term. We're all falling over into the holidays. Um, all right, I'm gonna go on mute. Three, two, one. Hello everyone, welcome to this week's podcast on Vermont Vibes. I'm Maddie. And I am Noella. Today you are lucky because you get two hosts and twice the fun. This is the last podcast for the term, so we have gone big and planned some amazing segments for you. We have had a few interviews with different teachers on previous podcasts, but this week we have the principal. But that's not all. We also have the two vice principals. That's all three principals together. I told you we have planned a big show. Last week, Finn from 6ZA read an amazing story called Undercover Lego that one of our students, Haruki from 5GP, wrote. Olivia will be continuing the story right from where we left off last week. If you missed the story last week, then don't worry, we will provide a recap for you later. One of our eSmart leaders, Iris, will provide you with a recommendation for a great, fun and safe website for you to visit where you can watch videos and play games. But first, we would like to start with some jokes to boost our mood. Well, that's if the jokes are actually any good. I'm sure they will be amazing. Here is Ali and Bailey. The first joke is, what did Mario say to Princess Peach when they wanted to break up? It's not you, it's me, Mario. <laughs> My other joke is, why do people always tell actors to break a leg? Because every play has a cast. What do you get when you press a vampire with a snowman? Uh, I don't know. Frostbite. Joke number two. What building in New York City has the most stories? No idea. The public library. I told you that those jokes would boost your mood. Okay, I must admit, I'm feeling a little better and ready to jump into the story. As we mentioned, we will be continuing the story called Undercover Lego that Finn started reading last week. Olivia from 6JS will be reading the rest of the story today, so don't worry, you won't have to wait until next term to hear how it ends. We will now provide you with a recap of what happened last time in case you missed it. We need to use our suspenseful recap voices, Noella. Are you ready? I sure am. Mr Fraser, start the music. A rather rough and destructive five-year-old named Mitchell frequently mistreats his Lego 
and is also blissfully unaware that the Lego figurines that he was just playing with are actually secret agents who have been sent to free all the other Lego trapped beneath Mitchell's tyranny. Experienced Lego agent Christopher and his newbie apprentice John will be looking to seize an opportunity to rescue their fellow figurines. We left off last week with Sean and Christopher taking advantage of a rare opportunity to sleep and regather their strength. Let's now cross over to Olivia to continue the story as Sean, after initially finding it hard, has managed to drift off to sleep. I open my eyes, but somehow I'm in my bed and not on the cold grass anymore. The smell of pancakes came wafting up to my room from the kitchen. Must, Mum must be cooking up some delicious creations in there. I get out of bed and walk to the kitchen. Mum was there, but she wasn't looking at me. She was still standing at the pan, flipping our breakfast. Hi, darling, she says. How was your sleep? Uh, I answer, it was good. Yours. Oh, it was great. I had the most wonderful dream. I was eating up a Lego boy. Funny, he looked a bit like you. She turned around. Ah, I screamed. Her short plastic legs were replaced by, with long, thin bug ones. Inside, and instead of her body, there was a large brown one. And in the place of her eyes were big, black, beady eyes. She walked towards me. When she reaches me, she shakes me with strong hands. I try to break away. Then she starts repeatedly saying, it was you I was gobbling up. Yes, you, 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 you. Cold liquid hits my face. I sit upright and look around me. I was back where I remembered sleeping. Phew, the mum bug was just a dream. Are you all right? Chris stood in front of me with an empty bucket in his hand and looked down at my body. I was soaking. Yes, I'm sorry about that. It seems like you're having a nightmare, Sean. So I heard you scream and so I rushed over and I saw you were sweating up a river. So I tried shaking you out to wake you up, but... Oh, I interrupt. Chris looks confused, but he shakes his thoughts away and says to me, Come on, we've got to go rescue the last figurines. After we rescue these ones, we've got the whole set and no more need to travel back to this place. Chris looks around at the trees, sky and grass. He shudders. So maybe Chris had his own fears after all. Okay, I say, so what's the plan? After an hour of waiting for Mitch's family to wake up and go to the front porch for an outdoor breakfast picnic, they, like they always did on Sundays, our plan was ready for action. Remember, Sean, Chris advised me, look at the target, the big plastic box of toys in the middle of the playroom. Yes, definitely, I reassure him. If this plan didn't work, we'd be added to the list of last figurines and yet another pair of agents would have to come rescue all of us. We were the 53rd pair and lucky for us, 53 was my lucky number. So, not trying to be cocky or anything, I knew the plan would work once Chris informed me of how many pairs had failed before us. I knew it was supposed to be a warning, but it made me seem more confident. Okay, if you're ready, get in the cabin and I'll make sure I launch you into the right spot. Yep, you heard Chris right. He said cannon and launch in the same sentence. That can only mean one thing, that it was the plan. To be honest, it was my idea. I volunteered to be launched by a cannon through an open window into a box full of toys. 
The reason for me wanting to do something that was this dangerous was, one, I was determined to be a part of the parachute successfully complete the mission. And two, I wanted to have done something really cool in my life because I realized yesterday that your life is short, so you have to make the most of it. I knew it was done, but the point is, is now that I was happy with my decision and I wasn't going to back out of it now. Yep, Chris, ready as I'll ever be. I pushed myself down into the cannon and I heard Chris's voice count down. Three, two, I don't think anyone's ever said this truthfully, but the, the suspense was killing me. One, now, before I did anything to stop whatever was going to happen, my small plastic body shot through the window frame. I had done it. I could tick off flying in my bucket list. And I felt like I was in zero gravity and I was moving swiftly and slowly through the air. I found a sudden urge to look around, but I couldn't give in to the force. I stared at the toy box and I didn't take even one eye off of it until, crash, I landed into the box. And it felt amazing. But I had no time to think about my journey through the air. The last figurines, all seven of them, stood in front of me, theming. No one had ever come this far to rescuing them all. There was a noise of celebration. Yes, free at last. Thank you, thank you. However shall we thank you? Victory! Finally. Oh, I've been here, I've been here seven years and waiting. The day has come. And the seventh one, Santa's celebration, was wrapping me in a hug. This one was old, and I had no idea how much he suffered, how much they'd all suffered, until now. But then there was another noise. Mitch's voice. Mommy, where's the orange juice? Oh, no. I I forgot that Mitch loves orange juice. No breakfast is complete without it, in his opinion. Oh, sorry, sweetie, it's on the playroom table. I left it there when I was cleaning up your toys. You didn't pack them up, remember? Came Mitch's mum's voice. Just wait, I'll go get it. No, mommy, Mitch said. I sighed. It was okay. I want to get it myself. There, one of the kinds of a helpful kid. Come on, we celebrate too early. We're done for now, I cried. I started imagining my life trapped in the toy box. But meanwhile, the last figurines inside climbing up the walls of the toy box. I smiled. They'd be trapped in here forever, for so long. They were not going to let their last chance of escaping just slip away now. But the toy box walls were so high up, and plastic climbing on plastic never worked. My smile faded. I guess that this is my home for another year after all. The seventh last figurine finally tried. Three more centimeters and he was there. Two, one, and the final centimeter, he slipped down. No, he cried and he, as he kept slipping. Then I realized something. My backpack, I had a rope. We could use that. Mitch was closer to the playroom now, but we had an opportunity. We had to use it. I threw my rope over the wall. Everybody, climb, I said. But even before I, but before I even started saying it, two of the seven were halfway up and the other five were nearly there too. I smiled. I didn't have to tell them. They were all out except Mina. Mitch was in the room, but I had to risk it. I hoped he wouldn't see the rope. I prayed with all I could, with all I could for him to leave soon. I watched impatiently as he grabbed the orange juice and got closer to the door, but also closer to the toy box. I closed my eyes for a full minute. When I opened my eyes, he was gone. Yes, I was halfway up already. Three quarters now. Then something caught my eye. Big, black, beady eyes of a bug. No, 
Always thought of Mitch's family as clean and hygienic one. Not one that let a cockroach crawl around their home. Especially not a cockroach that was blocking my exit. I took a deep breath and yelled, Hey, yeah! I wiggled the rope a bit as well, and soon enough, the cockroach was gone. Now, nothing was going to ruin my victory. By now, I was already at the open door, going my fastest and then collapsing on the grass. Free at last! If I was there for, what, say, 30 minutes, I couldn't imagine for a figurine to be in this there seven years, and I definitely couldn't imagine the relief of being free. There was only one more problem. The spaceship had been smashed by its own someone's foot. This problem had already been solved. After Chris, la after Chris launched me, he called backup and another vehicle. The backup crew was standing there grinning. They brought me onto the vessel, handed me a full water bottle, and after that one, several more bottles full, and then drove off. My first mission was a success. I can't imagine what missions the close future will bring, only that they can't be harder than this one. What an amazing end to an amazing story. Can you believe that a student from our school wrote that story? She is younger than us too. Yeah, we really need to lift our game. Well done, Haruki. Next on our show is the moment that you have all been waiting for. The big interview with all three of our school principals. Mrs. Dickland, Mrs. Cook and Mrs. Murphy. Usually they are in charge and the ones that get to ask all the questions around the school. Interviewing the principals will be our Year 6 students and twin sisters, Marlo and Zoe. Okay. Hi, I'm Marlo. And I'm Zoe. We are the twin sisters in Year 6 this year. Today's interview is a very special interview with not one, but all three principals. Selected to interview the principals as they all know our family very well. Our family has been at the school for 18 years in a row. Our older brother Campbell started in kinder in 2002 and our older sister Coco and Eden both went to school as well. Now that we have given you a little introduction it's time to start the interview with the question from from our mum. She requested this one. What will you do next year when the Whelans finally leave primary school? <laughs> okay, is that for me? Um, it's always really sad when families finish at Vermont Primary School. and But we don't say that they leave the school because they'll always be a part of our school and a part of our school community. And lots of people come back to visit over many years. Um, we really do miss, though, families that are, are very supportive, like your family has been in the past. And, you know, families that are very active in programs and, um, you know, our special days like sports, etc. Uh, but they'll always be a little tiny part of Vermont Primary School. And we're always interested in what our families do afterwards, too, because it's the start of a different phase in their life. And... We love it when the children come back and tell us about what their, their families are doing and, and what they're doing. Yes, it's going to be very, very strange not having a Wheeland coming up, seeing we've had so many Wheelands before in the past. But now it's time for you to use what you've learnt at Vermont Primary School to go forward and make the world a, a better place to be. I'll cry. That you tell your mum that Mrs Murphy will cry and I'll okay. 
I'll keep in contact just so we know what you're up to. <laughs> and ditto what Mrs. Stickling just said. Okay, so these next few questions are for any of you to answer. Who is your favourite wheelin? This <laughs> oh, goodness me. Mum and Dad. <laughs> because without Mum and Dad, there would be no other little tiny wheelins and they are a superb family and they're all beautiful. I love them all the same. I would not even want to choose. Okay, so the next question is, as you know, before you become a principal, you teach first. What are some of the different classes or schools that you have each taught of? Um, we might let Mrs Cook go first this time. Oh, okay. Well, I've taught at a, quite a few schools until I came to Vermont Primary School, which was a little while ago now. So at Vermont Primary School, probably people only remember, maybe, uh, teaching prep in Grade 2. Eden would remember Grade 2, I'm sure, for good reason. She does. Uh, and, um, yeah, so been a few. I hand over. <laughs> well, I've mainly taught at Vermont Primary School, but I taught overseas for a little while in London as well and then volunteered at a school in Tonga for about three months. Um, and I taught prep, year one, I've had year six Digitech, year three, and mainly had just the two, Marlo and Zoe, for prep Digitech. But did you know that Mrs Cook taught me to be a teacher? In 2002, when your brother started, I was learning to be a teacher in her classroom. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, yep. Oh, yeah, she did a good job, didn't she, Mrs. Cook? <laughs> it's all her. <laughs> My turn? Yes. Yeah. I've um, taught at seven schools before I came to Vermont. Um, I was principal at two schools before coming to our school. And I just love coming back to Vermont because I actually lived in the Vermont area when I was um, very young. So around about 12 years of age, we moved into the Vermont area for a little while. Um, and I've taught ooh, just about every single grade apart from grade three and grade four. So right the way through to grade six. I've also taught um, at secondary school, uh, VCE Music Craft, but I don't think they offer that um, particular subject anymore. And I've taught art and library and music. And um, I love getting into the grades even now, but unfortunately a lot of the administration and the leadership of the school actually keep me out of the classroom. So got to find more ways of getting into the classroom. So mm. I've been at um, Vermont for 26 years, long, long time. I've seen all the wheelings come and, and yeah. very soon yeah. I'll see the last wheeling go or the last wheelins go. We've got to use the plural. Um, so, yes, I've had a very diverse uh, teaching career. Okay. So, the next question is, we think that Vermont Primary School is a great school. What are some of the jobs that you three do as principals to make our school great? Yes. So, it cut out a bit then. So, the question was, what are some of the jobs we do? Is that right? To make the school yeah. great? Yeah. yeah. So the first thing is, is 
we make sure that the, well, we try to make sure that our students are happy and want to come to school. So that's the one I'll talk about. So one of the big focuses for all of us at Vermont Primary School, all staff, is that we want our students to want to be there and to enjoy being there and to really feel excited about learning. So that's one of the big things that we try to do and we get the children involved in that. So the only way really to do that is to ask the children what they think. Um, so that's one of our big focuses. I'll add on to that because one of the other really big things is that all of the children and parents have a wonderful environment. And that's not just classrooms, but it's also outside play areas, places for you to be, equipment and different things. So that school's a really lovely place for you to come and enjoy just not the learning, which is very important, but also the outside play and also doing your phys ed outside and having all those wonderful things. So a really lovely environment. And Mrs Cook does that so well because the um, facilities, that's what we call, you know, all the outside areas of the school, um, that's her job at the school. And if you see the beautiful oval and the lovely playgrounds that have been yeah. added into our school, yeah, the kids love them. And that is all Mrs. Yeah. work. But next Ooh, time you're playing job. there, yep, you know that Mrs. Cook has, has worked with parents on school council to make sure that those things are there for all of our children. I'd like to add about safety. We make sure that all children are really safe at our school. And um, we always ask ourselves when we're making decisions about the school, what's in the best interest of, of our students? So we put the students at the heart of our decision making. So we use data, we look at, you know, results in English and results in maths as to what we need to do. But really it's, it's just, what is in the best interests of our children? And the teachers will always do that. So we're very lucky to have such a brilliant school and a, a wonderful teaching staff and wonderful families. It's a lovely place to work. And you ask all of the teachers, they will tell you that. Okay, so next question. In your opinion, what are some of the highlights that have happened at our school? Ooh. Oh, yeah. too many. Too How many. long have we got? Yeah. <laughs> I think last year was an amazing highlight oh. with everything that we did to celebrate our 150th, the fair that we hadn't had for such a long time. Oh, that was a great day. And just the whole community coming together to celebrate our 150th. So for me, that was a huge highlight. And a wonderful milestone for the school. Not very many schools are over 150 years uh, of age. So, yes, I think that that would be a, a highlight for me as well. And we celebrated it for a whole year, didn't we, Mrs Cook? We certainly did. A highlight for me also is some of the buildings that we have built over the years, the stadium. We used to hold assemblies outside in the cold and they'd be cancelled because it was too rainy or too windy or too cold or too hot. Um, whereas now we have an all-weather place where uh, Mr Walsh can take his PE lessons and it's a wonderful, wonderful facility for the school. 
Also, some of the special activities like ski camp, they're highlights for me. I really love seeing the children going off each year up to the snow. Helen? Uh, well, I was actually had on my list the 150th fair and the stadium, so they've been mentioned. But the other one I think that deserves a mention is the change, the move to the production that we do now. Just mm. the joy the first time we did that and then last year again and just seeing the smiles on the community's faces and the kids' faces, I'll just always remember that really good feeling and I think that deserves a mention. Okay, so those are some great answers. So now for Miss Cook, Ooh. we heard that you like gardening so much. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about that? I guess I grew up on a farm in the mm. Riverina up in New South Wales and on the farm it was all it was crops and cattle a few sheep and my mum and dad were very keen gardeners their the house yard was 5 acres of trees and vegetable patches so i think having that background I love creating gardens. I love growing vegetables and growing things. It's just a wonderful, wonderful pastime and release. Okay, so we've got another one for you, Mrs. Cook. We have heard that you have a big bowl of lollies in your office. Is that true? You mean this one? <gasps> yes. Oh my God. <laughs> Who told you that? <laughs> full at the moment. All the teachers know. <laughs> As you can see, your thinking is correct. Okay, so Miss Murphy, I have some. I have two questions for you. So we've heard that you've got a rescue dog. Can you tell us about him or her? Yes, her name is Frankie, and she often oh. appears in the Zooms each morning that we have together when we meet. Um, she is a rescue dog. She's an Australian cattle dog. She came to us very timid and scared. She even, so one morning after I had washed my hair and I came out, my hair looked darker. She barked at me like she didn't know me and she was a very tail between the legs. But now we can't keep her still. So now she just loves jumping and playing and she loves children. So she's not scared of children. She'll just run up to them and kiss them on the face. But adults she's still quite scared of, except for myself and my husband. So we're slowly getting her used to other people and we love her except for the hair that she drops everywhere. <laughs> That's so nice. So can you confirm that you are crazy about germs, Miss Murphy? <laughs> I can confirm this and I don't have a problem with it. And, in fact, one of the rules is if someone's vomiting in the school, the staff are to quietly let me know in the office so I can close my door and not have to worry about it. No, I'm, it's only when it comes to vomit. I'm a little, uh, I prefer to be very clean. If it's a cold, things like that don't bother me. It's just being unwell. That's it. But there's no problem with that. <laughs> So now we've got two for Mrs. Stickland. Mm -hmm. Mrs. Stickland, I've heard that you can play multiple instruments and that you are quite good at singing this true. Um, I suppose it is true because I, um, I did VCE singing uh, as a subject and um, 
then I went on to the conservatorium under scholarship. So that was actually learning opera, you know, classical singing. And I studied at the conservatorium for three years under scholarship. And during that time, I worked with some absolutely amazing people, um, people that you wouldn't know about. Um, I've sung opera with June Bronhill and um, uh, Barry Skelton. So it, it was a, a wonderful time during my life. I won a lot of um, singing competitions, both on TV and um, a Steadfords, etc. I sang in an ad for Cadbury chocolate that was um, on the TV and um, my class, I think I was teaching a grade five class at that stage and they kept on singing it every time I was out on yard duty. Um, I won the Moomba Song Star Quest a long, long time ago and it was a lovely trip first class to Lindemann Island and that was used as our at my husband's and my honeymoon. So I've sung at nightclubs and um, restaurants, etc. But um, now I just enjoy children uh, learning music and finding their feet as far as music is concerned because music can last you a lifetime and it's a lovely hobby to have. You also have a doctorate degree in education. What era did you pick to focus on? Okay, well, it took me, I think, from 1994 to 1999 to actually do my doctorate. And it was studying school administration and leadership. So I read lots of books about leadership and I did lots of research on leadership and what leaders needed to know when they became principals within their school. And so I'm always been really interested in that area. So it was about leadership in schools and administration in schools. Okay. Well, that brings us to the end of all our questions. Thank you very much for letting us interview you. Thank guys, you. Guys, because it was a very fun. Excellent interview. Who would have thought that principals were normal, just like the rest of us? And well done to Marlo and Zoe. I think I would have been nervous if I was interviewing the bosses of the school. Relax, you just said it yourself. They're normal like the rest of us. And as you, and as you can tell from the interview, they are nice and friendly too. True, I feel better now. Well, it is nearly time for us to wrap this show up. Yes, it is. And it is the last episode of the podcast for the term. So we would like to wish everyone a great holiday. Thank you for tuning in, everyone. We have enjoyed hosting this episode. We are going to leave you with a short segment from one of our eSmart leaders, Iris. Iris is going to tell us about a fun and safe website that our students can visit. Maybe they can have a look at it over the break. Okay, goodbye everybody. As always, we hope you have a great day and stay happy, healthy and safe. Hi, I'm Iris, your eSmart leader, and I'm going to tell you about an interesting website called PBS Games. PBS Games is a website that has videos from TV shows like Old School, Sid the Signed Kid, 
and cat in the hat. You got to play games about some of your favorite TV shows like Sesame Street. This website is aimed at children from foundation to grade two. It is a safe site to visit because it is ad-free and doesn't collect any personal information. Try out the website by searching PBS Kids. That's P for Peter, B for Bob, and S for Sam. Thanks for listening.